You don't have to be a club thrower to have challenges with negative thinking, but a little bit of negativity can take a toll on a big portion of your game. Good rounds require a positive outlook on yourself and your ability to play. In this episode, you'll learn how to infuse your rounds with the right kind of thoughts that improve scores. She Talks Birdie is for you, the golf enthusiast who wants to discover how to play the game you love better, smarter, and more effortlessly. If that sounds like exactly what you need to take your game to the next level, then I'm so glad you stopped by. My name is Dr. Shannon Reese, and in each episode, we'll take a look behind the curtain in your mind to uncover the simple mindset strategies that will help you play great. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get started. Hello there, my friend, and welcome back to the podcast. I'd like to send a quick shout out to Juan the Golfer for your kind podcast review. I love to hear how these sessions I'm sharing are helping you make progress. You wrote, I enjoy this short podcast that provides useful tips and ideas for helping to improve the mental part of my game. Whether preparing for a round or during the round, there were helpful ideas for me and other golfers I know. Well, that's music to my ears, Juan the Golfer. Thank you so much. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I'd love to hear from you too. You'll find a link on my show notes page if you're interested in leaving a review on iTunes. Reviews help boost the podcast ranking so I can reach more golfers just like you. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Do you consider yourself an optimist or a pessimist on the golf course? I ran across a quote this year that I absolutely love. I love it so much that I had it printed on a t-shirt. This quote by an unknown author says, People who wonder if the glass is half empty or full miss the point. The glass is refillable. Do you typically play with a glass half full or half empty mindset on the course? Perhaps you'd tell me that it really depends on how well you're playing. And I'd say in return that the kind of mindset you must work to develop in order to play at your best can't be dependent on how you think you're playing. It must be a source of consistency that works its way into your game. It's not about faking it until you believe it. But great mindsets start when you focus more on the positive rather than the negative things you're experiencing. Can you tell that I'm super excited about today's topic? It's because I don't think that most golfers recognize the harm they do to their game by being negative and self-critical. When you aren't playing as well as you'd like, it's easy to focus on the things that are causing you a lot of frustration. But a little bit of negativity goes a long way, and it has a tendency to linger just beneath the surface in your mind. Honestly, there's no place for negativity on the course if you want to play well. Operating with the wrong kind of mindset will simply prevent you from getting the results you want. And the moment you begin to open the door to those negative thoughts, those creeper thoughts during a round, the easier it becomes to get lost in a negativity loop. It's a slippery slope that might start with a bad shot or a blow-up hole depending on your current level of resilience to unexpected and disappointing experiences. 
if you permit yourself to stew in your negative emotional reaction to the situation, it becomes much harder to bounce back to a positive state of mind about yourself and about your game. As a result, you might adopt a more defensive approach to your next shot. Negative thinking leads to playing with too much mental clutter, bodily tension, and a drive to try harder instead of just swinging with trust. This kind of shift in your approach results in more poor shots, which can produce more and more intense negative thinking. And your thoughts create a negativity loop, also known as a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, if you're not familiar with the term, the concept of the self-fulfilling prophecy was popularized back in 1948 by sociologist Robert Merton. He defined a self-fulfilling prophecy as a false definition of the situation, evoking a new behavior, which makes the originally false conception come true. On the golf course, when you, for example, conclude that a mishit or a series of disappointing shots are the result of a swing flaw and begin to believe that the swing flaw might continue to occur, your thoughts will alter how you swing, contributing to more misses. Whatever you believe to be true influences your actions, such that what you believe can become and often does become your reality. The amazing thing is that self-fulfilling prophecies can work in both positive and negative directions. You have the power to direct your game in either way by the sheer focus of your thoughts. How often do you take control over how you think moment by moment when you're on the course? Unless you've been consistently working on your mental game skills, you're probably more of a listener to your thoughts than you are a director of them. The great news is that you can become a director, and that definitely needs to be a priority in your game if you'd like to play better. We are naturally hardwired to be more critical thinkers. Negative thoughts can occur without you consciously recognizing that they're even happening. Improving your self-awareness of how you think and the nature of your self-talk will help you catch negativity when it first starts and then guide your thoughts back toward a more productive focus. Negative thoughts can't simply be erased. So if you've been trying to do that, you're probably doing it with very little success. If you're just trying to forget about your bad shots, that's probably not getting rid of them. Because if your thoughts and feelings about a poor shot are not resolved at the time that the poor shot occurred, then you may be battling bad memories the next time you're facing a similar shot or when you're considering using that same club again. Negative thoughts have to be replaced. And not just replaced with anything, but with thoughts that stand out stronger and more prominently in your mind. The thoughts and memories you hold on to are those that you are deeming as truth in your game. Strengthening your mental game requires self-awareness before you can improve your self-management. In alignment with that approach, it's important to understand the typical sources of your negative thoughts, how negative thoughts can hurt your round, and how you can begin thinking more persistently so your thoughts improve your performance. So let's start by understanding the source of negative thoughts. The most common cause of negative thoughts is fear. 
and fear comes in many shapes and sizes. In golf, you might experience varying degrees of fear like worrying about hitting a poor shot, wondering if your hard work and effort will ever see you to the other side of a slump in your game, picking the safe shot option, being uncertain about the club in your hands, hoping you won't let your teammates down, waiting for the wheels to come off your game after a stretch of great holes, or trying not to embarrass yourself. Now, do any of those sound familiar to you? With these examples, there are common themes to what's likely feeding the fearful and negative thoughts. Those common things center around things we can't control, specifically the past, the future, and what others may or may not be thinking. Investing any mental or physical energy into trying to control the things you just can't in golf is a futile waste of time. Your mind knows that you can't directly influence everything, so essentially you're setting yourself up to fail. That will absolutely feed your fear and increase your thoughts of self-doubt, self-criticism, frustration, and disappointment. Now, there are four kinds of thoughts that can increase poor shots and bad holes, so I absolutely want to make you aware of those. You may consider yourself a positive person and therefore not even realize when or how you may be making a round more difficult for yourself. You can undermine yourself and your game with how you think, even if it doesn't escalate into throwing clubs, cussing up a storm, or giving up in the face of difficulty. I'm going to challenge you to take a closer look at how you approach, and more importantly, how you respond to disappointment during your rounds currently. There are many unproductive thoughts that can draw you into a negativity loop, but I want to focus on the top four that I come across in my work with golfers. They are the should thoughts, the big but thoughts, the black and white thoughts, and the wet blanket thoughts. Should thoughts are tough. They put pressure on you, and they're often driven by fear. According to the dictionary definition, the word should is frequently used to criticize someone's actions. In this case, likely your own. Think about when you've used a should statement on the golf course. When standing over a four-foot putt, have you ever thought, I should be able to make this? It's a four-footer. When wanting to execute a smooth swing for a chip shot over a greenside bunker, have you thought, well, I practice this shot a lot on the range. I should be able to clear the high side of this bunker. Or how about when you've been standing over a drive with water down the left side of the hole and thought, the fairway is wide open ahead of me. I should be able to hit this right down the middle. The reason a self-critical word like should pops up in your mind is often due to the fact that you're recalling when shots have not gone the way you wanted them to go. You're judging the current situation and yourself against a past undesirable outcome. When you should yourself, it feels judgmental, as if you haven't been living up to your own expectations and therefore better pull yourself together. While you might not like the way you've been performing and may even be embarrassed by it, further should statements will only keep reminding you about how you failed 
which is never going to set you up to succeed. Now let's talk about the big but thoughts. I often joke around with my lady clients and will say, hey, don't let your big butt get in the way. Haha, <laughs> right? How many times have you thought, well, that was a pretty good shot, but dot dot dot. The word but seems like an innocuous word, right? Well, unfortunately, when it sandwiches a positive statement with a self-critical statement like, it would have been nice if it had gone a bit further, you completely eclipse the good thought altogether. Golfers with a perfectionistic drive can play with a perspective that good is never quite good enough for them. I recently challenged several golfers in my Confident Golf Club membership who emphatically told me that it would be impossible for them to be completely satisfied with their game at any moment in time. I understand that for as long as you play golf, you're going to want to keep trying to get better. When you're on the course, it's important to avoid the use of but when thinking about your game. You simply become a nitpicker and reinforce the habit of constantly looking for your flaws. The time and place to constructively, and I emphasize the word constructively, evaluate your game is not while you're on the course. It's when you're back on the range. So start making sure that when you actually have a good thought about your performance, that you avoid following it with a big fat butt. Next, I want to talk about those black and white thoughts. As part of the mental post-shot routine I teach clients, we always talk about how they grade their shots. How do you grade your own? Do you see shots on opposite ends of a spectrum, meaning that they're either good or bad? This type of thinking tends to err on the side of the extreme when it comes to a negative appraisal and is very rigid. Though there might be varying degrees of what you would consider a bad shot, the label you choose to use weighs heavily in your mind shaping your perspective of how you're playing. In addition, seeing things in extremes inflames your emotions. So when you label a shot as bad, a slew of negative emotions often accompany that assessment. The stronger your negative impression, the harder it will be to see anything good about your performance. And the more emotional you become about the bad shots you think you're hitting, the higher the likelihood that your subsequent shots will not go well either. Lastly, I want to address wet blanket thoughts. What's your tolerance level in golf? What I'm really asking is how much can the game test your patience, attitude, confidence, and positivity before you cry uncle? Wet blanket thoughts are when you believe you've had such a series of struggles that your negative opinion of the round completely overshadows any of the things that may have actually gone right. During a playing lesson, I've had juniors melt down into a pool of tears and adults tell me that they're going to quit when their thoughts throw a wet and negative blanket over everything that has happened and that they believe is yet to come. When this happens, I'll hear things like, I haven't hit a single good shot today. This round is a complete disaster. See, I told you my game is never going to get better. I can't seem to do anything right no matter how hard I try. That's it. I give up. 
This is a type of catastrophe thinking brought on by the bad habit of tracking your misses and your mistakes. It's incredibly discouraging to allow your thoughts to get so out of control. And unfortunately, all you are left with when this happens is a very skewed and false view of reality. All kinds of negative thoughts will manifest badly in your swing. You may experience issues with increased tension, shifts in your tempo, changes in your swing plane, and the overall diminished quality of your swing. Always remember that every thought will have an impact on your next shot. Now that you know what to be on the lookout for, let's wrap things up in this episode by focusing on how you can respond to that negativity with the kinds of thoughts that will improve your swing and thereby your score. There are five kinds of thoughts you absolutely want to take to the course that will help you play with a kind of mindset that can improve your scores. You can choose to play with grateful thoughts. Being more than just grateful that you get to play this amazing game on beautiful courses, I want your grateful thoughts to focus on your strengths. You work hard to advance and maintain your game, but sometimes may lose sight of the progress you've made when a round isn't turning out the way you'd like. As good things happen during your round, make a point to spotlight them in your mind and be appreciative of the strength you demonstrated in action. You can choose to play with scholarly thoughts. You have the option to think critically about your performance or to focus your thoughts on what's actually working and going your way. Similar to playing with more grateful thoughts, I challenge you to work hard to maintain a growth-oriented thinking habit no matter how you're playing. Scholarly thoughts center around constructive observations you can make while you're playing that will help you finish even stronger than you started. Think of them as building blocks of knowledge and experience that you purposefully gather in order to strengthen your ability to play the game well. You can choose to play with humorous thoughts. Golf is a game and you need to keep that reality top of mind. Even when a player reaches the professional ranks, I encourage him or her to never think of the game like a job. It's a game and it's meant to be played like a game. One of the best ways to prevent yourself from taking things too seriously is to focus your thoughts on editorializing challenging situations with some lighthearted humor. I have a junior client who has taught herself to joke about a missed shot by stating that she positioned the ball exactly where she intended because she wanted to be challenged. If an 11-year-old can keep things light and fun even after a blow-up hole, then so can you. You can choose to play with flexible thoughts. As I've stated many times, golf is an ever-changing game. You will never have two rounds that are exactly alike. A great way to stay in the power position of your game is to focus your thoughts on all the interesting and exciting options you have before you in every situation. I love to say, thank goodness there are so many different ways to play this game well. And that's the truth as long as you choose to remain flexible in your approach to each shot so you can consider every single one of your best options. And lastly, you can choose to play with present-centered thoughts. Earlier in this episode, I pointed out that most negativity stems from fear. Thoughts swirling around the things you can't change from the past or predict in the future 
will just feed your fear. A better focus that will keep things simple and manageable is to center your thoughts on the single most important thing you need to do next. Playing with a present-centered mind will help you keep the clutter of the unknowns at bay. Being mindful and appreciative of your strengths, making strong observations about your performance that add to your round, keeping the game a game with lighthearted humor, exploring your best options on every shot, and limiting your attention to the things in the present that are most important will help you play with the kind of mindset that improves scores. And the better you play each shot, the better your ultimate score will be. Positive thoughts boil down to choosing to focus on the good in every situation. Is that how you've been approaching your game? If not, I hope you'll embrace one of the five ways to change your thought habits for the better and your game too. Better thought habits can at times require more energy and effort on your part to persistently think in that positive direction, especially if you start moving in a negative direction and need to recover. But it is possible to rebound and to stay on track. The best way is to practice better thoughts regularly and to detect any deviation in your thoughts quickly so that you can get back on track fast. To intentionally play with better thoughts, I encourage you to select one of the five beneficial thought habits and to work on sticking with it during your rounds over the next 30 days. Yes, 30 days. Now, 30 days may sound like a big commitment, but that's the minimum amount of time it can take to develop a new habit, according to research. Once you become a more consistent thinker in one positive area, then you can move on to the next one on your list. So tell me, which of the five types of thoughts will you be pursuing in the next 30 days? I'd really love to know. So please head over to trainingfor-optimal-performance.com forward slash 018 and leave me a comment below the show notes for this episode. You'll also find a link there to access my private Facebook group where you're always invited to join me every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern for a live Q&A. If you have any questions about this episode, be sure to join me live or post them there for me inside the private group. Let's quickly review the five kinds of thoughts you can build habits around that can improve your scores. They are grateful thoughts, so that you're working hard to stay focused on your strengths. Scholarly thoughts, so you track the things that are working and worth repeating. Humorous thoughts, so that you can mentally describe tricky situations in your mind with lighthearted humor. Flexible thoughts, so that you can take the time to examine your best options in every situation, and present-centered thoughts, so that you focus your mind on what you can control and all that you need to do next. Get yourself on a path to a better game now. 30 days is not too much of an investment when the potential benefits can be game-changing. I know you can do it and look forward to getting a progress update from you soon. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in today. Please share this episode with a friend or a loved one. And if you'd be so kind and leave me a review on iTunes, I'd be so grateful. I'd love to read what you enjoyed most about this episode so I can tailor each and every one for you. Have you subscribed to the She Talks Birdie podcast? 
You'll find it on your favorite podcast directory, wherever you love to listen. I'll be back soon with another episode to help you use the most powerful tool in your game. Remember that things start changing for the better on the outside when you start embracing the changes that must take place on the inside.